Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousand listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble! It's the Left Coast Gamblers, and it is the Conference Championship Weekend. And yours truly, Tony Cavallo, is here in studio, as always, with Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston. Four ga- teams remain, two games left to decide who makes it to the Super Bowl in the NFL's century century here and we have a hell of a show for you guys today we have a san fran fan calling in to talk about his one seed his one seed going up against my green bay packers and for the tennessee and kansas city matchup a great matchup six seed versus two seed we brought in the biggest guest this show has ever had ever in the four years of existence it's a heavyweight two time super bowl winner two times two times mr ike taylor calling in right after this segment but first guys we're going to intro this show a little bit because i want to talk about something that uh, is going to change the nfl next year The national championship for college football just happened. LSU beat the pants off of Clemson behind the Heisman winner, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, undeniably the number one pick, going to the Cincinnati Bengals. And guys, I haven't watched a lot of college football in my lifetime, but I always watch the big games because I want to see who's going to play at the next level. This Burrow kid, my goodness, what the hell is going on? He is unbelievable. You know what I did on uh, uh, sorry, Monday night. I was going to say Saturday Monday night. night. Yeah, Monday night. Um, I waited correctly for a halftime line that yep. I liked. Yeah, I was all over Clemson in the second half money line. I thought they'd make it a game. I, nope. I predicted it. I bet against Mr. Burrow, and like I like to say, light my money on fire and watch it go away. The dude's a stud. It's unbelievable. The, the dude's a winner. He's a coach's kid. Um, he really has a cerebral sense to him where he doesn't even really wow you athletically, and then you see him take off for a 30-yard scramble. Yeah. He's tougher than shit. Yeah. He's a competitor. He's bigger he's than not, you think, too. He's not afraid of contact, and he is the most accurate passer to come out of college in a long time. It's the, unbelievable. The Bengals, like manna from heaven, have fallen to this opportunity. You just pray that they don't fuck this up. I know. Because they obviously are going to take him, but as we know, Tony and Dangles, we know that so many teams ruin good quarterbacks. Yep. It's not necessarily the quarterback's fault they don't develop. It's the teams. But, my God. That worries op- me about Cincy, I'll tell you what. It should worry you. Well, I mean, what an opportunity the Bengals have. What a superstar in Joe Burrow. I will say this. Uh, the Bengals were obviously the worst team in the league this year. I predicted correctly. Made a lot of money off of that. Andy Dalton's no longer going to be there. It's going to be Burrow the Bengal in the future. 
Zach Taylor, though, in his first year head coaching, he made a lot of mistakes, but that offense was not as bad as the team was. He actually had good schemes. Joe Mixon got going. He actually has players around him to make, make an effort next year. In my opinion, Burrow the Bengal is going to change that team drastically. I don't think they're going to ruin him. I think they're going to be very successful, and this is not the show for hot takes. We are not sitting here. We're not trying to be Stephen A. Smith and going crazy and oh yeah, and getting tweets about the stupid shit we say, but I, this is what I truly think. Yeah. I think the Bengals are in this AFC championship in the next three years with Burrow. That's how good I think he is. I think he is a game changer. He is Baker Mayfield's Mayfield's mentality and competitiveness mixed with Andrew Luck's skill set. He is unbelievable. I think that's a comparison there, right? Andrew Luck comes in to a team. Now, clearly they had some success with Peyton in the the years prior, but Andrew Luck made that team a contender in in two years. Immediately. Exactly. Immediately. And I think that's a good comp. I think, I really think the Bengals are going to be a playoff team in the next few years because of this Burkett. I think that's how good he is. Dangles, I know you wanted to say something about one of our favorite players in the NFL. Uh, Luke Keekley announced his retirement this week. Carolina Panthers faithful. We have a lot of Carolina Panthers fans that listen to this show. Luke Keekley, Boston College product, is not playing anymore after eight seasons. He's had a lot of injuries, especially in the concussion world. Dangles, you want to say anything to your boy Luke as he, uh, as he exits My the boy NFL? Luke. Well, I, you know, I've, I texted our friend TJ, our senior NBA correspondent, TJ Wortham right away, and he just, he, I, I don't know if, maybe he was probably busy, he just texted me back, good for him. Yeah. Um, which I think is, you know, I mean, I, I feel that way as well. Uh, you know, it's always sad to see a young guy, he's 28 years old, he got drafted in uh, 2012, he was Defensive Player of the Year in 2013. And Rookie of the Year. And Rookie of the Year, his first year. I mean, this is a guy who's a young face of the NFL, arguably the best, one of the best in his position in, in the league. Um, on the one hand, I completely appreciate the reasons why he did it. And, oh, absolutely. And, and understand how hard it was. I watched the video, I'm sure all of you, you know, those of you who watched the video saw that it was clearly a difficult decision as it was for Gronk, as it was for Andrew Luck. All these other young faces we've seen step away from the game. I hope it doesn't hurt, you know, other kids that want to come up and play when they see these guys walking out after, you know, eight years, which isn't a short career by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not a terribly long career. You know, hopefully, it's, as Marshawn Lynch said, Keekly, and I'm sure he did, took care of his bread. Yeah, He's got himself taken care, take care of, of that chicken. for the rest of his life. Got to take care of that chicken. I love, by the way, that Marshawn Lynch made that comment. Yeah. Uh, afterwards that's great but just sad to see him go um because he's a great fun guy to watch and and just another you know young face of the nfl walking away because i'm sure in part because of concerns about injury yeah you, you know what starts to really kind of get my attention guys in all this andrew luck luke keekley rob gronkowski all of them are younger than me mm-hmm. and you know as a guy in his early 30s i don't you know i don't play football i try to work out a little bit i just can't fathom being that young They're and younger making than that all decision. Of us. Exactly. It doesn't make sense and you know, you just know what their body what their bodies go through it translates to between the years, right? Yeah. It, there's no doubt. It's proven. And I actually applaud them for making that decision that can't be an easy thing to do. So hard. So hard. And they're just doing what they simply think is best for their brains yep. and their bodies. So you know, shame on people that, you know, but it, it, it is alarming dangles. And I agree. I, I'm curious to see the next generation coming up. He'll you be know, a great coach. Uh, he'll, he'll be a fantastic mean, I hope coach. he stays around the game. I think but, he'd be a great college coach. He's a leader of men, either at the pro level or the college level. I think but, he'd be I think he'd be great. But again, guys, I mean, these guys aren't walking away because they've had, you know, devastating injuries or, or they can't. They're, they're tearing their ACLs four times like they're at the prime of their careers, the pinnacle of their athleticism. And the peak of you know their contract money making years, and they're yep. walking from it. So, yep. 
it's some, something's obviously, you know, they're not in the wrong for making that decision. No, not at all. I, no, no, no. I feel like we're going to see it happen more and more often. We're going to see a so. lot less guys like a Hall of Fame finalist, Zach Thomas, who played until he couldn't play anymore, like physically couldn't play anymore. He just kept on going to team after team and then Keekly leaving at the, the, the end of his prime, so to speak, because he is scared of the injuries he has already suffered. I applaud him as well, and the reason I applaud him and I didn't applaud Andrew Luck is because Luke Keekley did it at the right time. He sure. played the full season. He did what he could to help his team, and then he said, I cannot do it anymore. Andrew Luck quitting two days before the season begins. It still boggles my mind that that decision was made at that time. But goodbye, Luke. You were one of my favorites to watch out there, and I'm, I'm sad to see you go, but good on you for getting out when the, when the getting's good, so to speak. Yep, yep. Uh, interesting times in Carolina, man. Interesting well, now, times I mean, Carolina. they're essentially this team is looking at a full on rebuild, right? Like, and I mean, look, you've got a guy in, 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 uh, what is it, Ruley or Rule? I've Rule, I, Rule, Rule, Matt Rule, who has already built two football programs from the ground up in Temple and Baylor. Um, obviously, no easy task the way that Art Bryles exited, uh, Waco and having to come in and clean that mess up. Yep. Um, but he's done it twice at the, at the college level. Now, that doesn't always translate into the NFL as we've seen with guys like Nick Saban. Yep. But, um, I mean, you have to have confidence, well, I guess, in him. Um, if you're a Panthers fan here sitting going, well, my team is now officially in full rebuild mode. And, guys, uh, they got their guy. They they, they oh, got yeah. the glass slipper, Mr. Joe Brady, um, who, you know, by all accounts helped immensely Mr. Joe Burrow's season this year in that passing attack yep. and that LSU offense. And uh, they got him. They went out and they got him. I'm impressed. That was actually my first – uh, impression of rule is man he wanted him he went and got him it wasn't easy and uh if i was a panthers fan friend of the program tj wortham um i would be very very optimistic i don't know man. because you're not paying him the money right fuck it you're they, not paying him the 20 million dollars whatever. they still don't know what they're doing at quarterback now keekley leaves the captain of the defense gonna be interesting times for carolina next year but let's not talk about the teams that arrive at let's start to talk yes. about the teams that are still in it for teams remain as we said in the beginning we have ike taylor calling in to break down the tennessee kansas city matchup that's going to come up next but first sadly once again i gotta do a word from our sponsor god damn it jersey allen why'd you have why'd we have to lose to him three straight times in the king of the coast pick him dangle some of them tied one of us tied him wasn't yeah, me. i did wasn't me i did well you know tie goes to the runner anyway here's here's touching base <laughs> are you a true american like me do you wake up and wonder, when will the next MLB season begin? Do you sit anxiously by the dinner table waiting for the hot stove to serve up some juicy deals? Do you have season tickets to your hometown team's AA affiliate? If that sounds familiar, then boy do I have a podcast for you. Touching Base with Alan and Eric is the nation's premier MLB podcast. Dishing all the necessary news you need and the go-to guide for all 162 glorious games. And unlike today's version, this podcast only has one true outcome, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're out at the bar, don't strike out talking ball with your boys, but rather hit a home run with the facts by listening to Touching Base with Alan and Eric, available on SoundCloud and Instagram. That's Touching Base with Alan and Eric, the five-tool podcast prospect that every Scout needs. Hey now, Beta, come on now, kid. Right, we go, dudes. Here we go, dudes. Put one in the hole here, baby. Left coasters.
Hey, this is Dangles from the Left Coast Gamblers. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We are available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave us a review. Leave us five stars if you like what you hear. Five seconds of your time is five new listeners for us. You can also find us on Twitter, at Left Coasters Pod, and on Instagram and Facebook by searching The Left Coast Gamblers. And we hope you'll check out our pages each week for new contests, live tweeting and posting on NFL Sundays, behind-the-scenes content, content and more ways to engage with the show and make you money and as always thank you for listening all right folks as i said in the intro these games this weekend are so juicy they're so big that we could not break them down alone we have a san fran fan calling in for the nfc championship but for the afc championship we have a guy who has been there before drafted out of the fourth round in 2003 of the nfl draft by the pittsburgh steelers out of the university of louisiana at lafayette this raging cajun took his horse by the reins making wide receivers redder with bloodstains for 12 straight seasons he is a two-time two-time super bowl winner and he wore my favorite number for a shutdown corner so please welcome to the show number 24 mr swaggin ike taylor welcome to the show my friend Oh, I like the intro. <laughs> <laughs> we had to do it for you, man. We had to do it right. You know that. All right, Ike, I have to say, before we go into these games, this past weekend, your former coach, Bill Cower, got his gold jacket on national TV. My man, do you have, what was your reaction when you saw that happen? Um, I instantly tweeted, congrats, Coach Cowell. Um, For me, I feel like Coach Cowell was the ultimate players coach, um, hard on his coaches and the people who worked for him under him, but as far as like being a, you know, just a players coach, for me, I feel like I've been very fortunate between him, Coach LeBeau, and Mike Tomlin, or just playing for some players coaches, you know. So Coach Kyle, you know, he's actually from the city of Pittsburgh, mm. uh, got the coach for the city of Pittsburgh, won a Super Bowl in the city of Pittsburgh. Now he's in the Hall of Fame under the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, it's like a story that you were right when you're small. Just thinking and dreaming about that, but to see Coach Kyle actually, you know, go through that and get in the Hall of Fame, man, it's just something good for him. But let alone, man, I'm just looking at all the Hall of Famers I think I played with, let alone the coaching staff between Coach LeBeau, now Coach Kyle. Absolutely, yeah. Troy might get in this year too. It's a it's a hell of a team you guys had. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and I wanted to ask about that because, uh, you know, you, I listened to an interview you did last year um, with Barstool and you talked about this sort of, um, you know, uh, you can't tell us nothing us against the world mentality of that 2005 uh, Super Bowl defense. Uh, sort of looking ahead to this weekend's games, do you see that same mentality in any of the teams going into any of these these matchups? I kind of feel like you could maybe make the argument for the 49ers, maybe even Titan, uh, Titans offense, just like teams that you don't want to play right now. Offenses didn't want to play you guys in 2005. Yeah, they didn't want players. Well, they wanted to the play us to the actual players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we was a wild card team uh, in 2005, and I'm looking at the Tennessee Titans like I didn't see in this story before. So I had the Tennessee Titans, you know, beating the New England Patriots. Everybody mm. thought I was crazy. I had the Tennessee Titans beating the Ravens, and everybody thought I was crazy. Mm. But I'm like, I've seen this story before because they have a playoff football team which is running the ball controlling the clock and playing good defense which is not too popular in a regular season you know yeah for sure. everybody in the new generation going on fantasy points and just having guys in fantasy you know you always go for the high power offense other than the Kansas City Chiefs on what they did last week putting up 51 points this playoff has been low scoring and that's just a recipe 
for playoffs in general. And just to see Coach Mike Vrabel, what he's been doing with the Tennessee Titans, he's been doing this the whole year. It's been ugly. It hasn't been pretty. But he understood just going through and winning Super Bowls what it took to get to the playoffs, let alone when you get to the playoffs on what you need to do. You need to run the ball, control the clock, and play good defense. Now, we've been talking about King Henry, mm. uh, Derrick Henry, for a long time, but their defense has been stout. Their defense has been taking on Coach Vrabel's attitude, and that's hard-nosed, smash-mouth kind of defense. You're going to earn every yard. So um, between the Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Tennessee beat KC, but at the same time, when you're talking about the Patrick Mahomes yeah. and what he can do and how talented he is and the energy and the vibe and the talent he brings to KC, I get it. But at the same time, you know, just listening to some former Ravens defenders, you know, saying, you know, they Derrick Henry haven't faced a defense like theirs. Yeah. And for Derrick just to show, you know, what he can do. I mean, he's having a historical playoff so far as a running back. And that's just the personality of Mike Vrabel. But if you just look at Tennessee when they played KC the first time, you know, they beat them. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's not like it's not possible for Tennessee to beat them. It's just we just getting all as fans and just look at Patrick Mahomes and Every Lambo Ferrari have in his garage, from Tony <laughs> Hill to Johnson to his running back to even, you know, like the Ford truck and Travis Kelsey. So, yeah. <laughs> But it, it works to a certain extent, and I don't think we give it, other than San Fran defense, Tennessee defense, enough credit. Don't yep. forget, don't forget Houston ran the ball. I think it was 4.4 yards per carry. But then they got like Atlanta when they played the New England Patriots. They want to had a sh- they want to have a shootout yeah. with Patrick Mahomes, and you can't do that. No, you can't, and that's what uh, Tennessee has to do. That it's going to be King Henry or bust. And you guys played a team similar to that in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl XL against Seattle. You were facing off against Sean Alexander, the MVP of the league that year. Ran all over the place all regular season, only had 90 yards against you guys. So did you guys and Dick LeBeau sort of focus your energy on stopping the run? Is that something Kansas City can try to do themselves? You know, stopping the run is a want to. You know, stopping the run is, you know, we we did, we had guys who wanted to stop the run first and get to the quarterback second. Mm-hmm. For KC, they want to get to the quarterback first. And the reason why they want to get to the quarterback first is because usually they're ahead first. So when you're ahead and you're up 14 to 3 or 14 to 7, a defensive coordinator can kind of pin their ears back yep. and let the defensive ends just get and rush the quarterback. But now when you have to really stop the run, you got guys who are trying to rush the quarterback, and they're usually light-bodied guys at the defensive end position. Yeah. So now you get an extra tight end, you get an extra offensive lineman, you get two tight ends that's really all sold out on blocking you and not worrying about catching passes like the Tennessee Titans. Now, instead of going to get the quarterback, now you got to stop the run. It's something you usually don't do. Yep. So that's why usually when KC lose, they play teams who really stick to the running game, the running game. And we all seen throughout the last two weeks what Tennessee like to do. Yep. I don't care what the score is. We're going to stick to the running game. And in the playoffs, you only get a few possessions. Ike, I want to talk about 
uh, playoff preparation versus regular season preparation. In your playing experience, you know, it's obviously the stakes are the highest possible in the playoffs. Uh, are, are practices more intense or are they more, you know, relaxed? Are film sessions? Oh, man. The level, <laughs> the level, man, the level is so different, man. You go, we were so competitive. <laughs> we were such a brotherhood. Right. We competed at everything, whether it was flip the coin to the corner, whether it was playing FIFA, <laughs> whether it was playing Call of Duty, whether it was playing whether you was playing cards like Coach <laughs> Cower had her environment to uh, you competed at everything. And fighting was cool. Yeah. Like fighting at training camp was cool. Fighting <laughs> in practice was cool because when you just surround yourself with all alphas. Yeah. So the guys who wasn't alpha, you had to at some point in time be an alpha not only on the field, but in the locker room and off the field. That's the environment Coach Kyle had created with us. So and then that became a brotherhood. So then that became a us against the world mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I remember clearly we lost to the Colts when they were super hot, when they had Peyton, Reggie Wayne, mm-hmm. Marvin Harris, Dallas Clark, Jeff Saturday, Edron James. They was on fire. They had a loaded team. Yeah. And we lost. And Coach Kyle, after that loss, he said clearly in that locker room and ended, oh, we're going to be back and we're going to be back for the playoffs and we're going to beat them in the playoffs. Mm. Those were his exact words. And we was like, I can't curse, but we was like, <laughs> you goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's how he felt, but that's the confidence he kind of instilled in us. So that's. Our run was Cincinnati when they had Carson Palmer, Rudy yep. Johnson, R.I.P. Chris Henry, T.J. Ocho, beat mm-hmm. them. Then we had to go to Denver with Jake Plummer and company at Mile High Stadium and beat them. Then we had to go to the Colts when they was on fire with Peyton Manning and company and beat them. Then we had to win the Super Bowl and go against the high power. Seattle team, so we was against all eyes yeah. every game. And by the way, we played the the teams I just named. They were top five in offense at that time. That's awesome. So, so I'm looking. I'm looking at Tennessee like, dang, they 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 trying to they comparing it to like it's impossible. But every ten to fifteen years, this the kind of story that is written. Yeah. So, so I'm looking at Tennessee like an old five Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Vrabel's about to lose his junk if uh, <laughs> if he makes good on that promise he made at the beginning of the year. That's man, he's gonna have a rough off season. Well, well, I <laughs> speaking of that, you know, speaking of that mentality, like it sounds like, did you prefer to play on the road in the playoffs, like the us versus me mentality, just go out and compete, or did you rather have that home crowd behind you? Our motto <laughs> was pick a time, pick a place. We're going to smoke you and your family. <laughs> <laughs> that was our motto in 2005. Pick a time. It didn't matter whether we was playing street ball. It didn't matter who was playing in the big stadium. It didn't matter who was playing in the jungle. Pick a time. Pick a place. We're going to smoke y'all. I love that. And if we feel like if it gets down to fighting, 
we're going to smoke y'all in that too. I love that. I love hearing that mindset too because this week it's six seed Tennessee at two seed Kansas City. And all of uh, your three AFC championships where you guys won, you were the six seed in 05, but in 2008 and 2010, you guys were the two seed hosting a six seed Baltimore and a six seed New York Jets. That mindset when you're at home, though, when you have to protect your turf, is there a little bit of trepidation there? You're hoping the six seed doesn't come out and punch you in the mouth? Or do you guys try nah, to step on the gas earlier? Nah, so, so, so then you change your mind. When you become a top seed, you be, you change your mindset into, and the mindset was somebody's coming and rob you in your house. How yeah. are you going to defend it? Yeah. So then it becomes at all costs. Like somebody getting smoked at all costs. So it go from us against the world in 2005 and 2008, 2009. It was like, okay, we smoking people whoever trying to rob us and come to our house and take whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like mentally, you just change the mindset as a head coach. But at the same time, when he give you that mindset, you're like, okay, so it's us against the world. Then it goes to somebody trying to rob and take whatever we have that we earn our our hard-earned money in the house, we ain't letting that slide. So that's that's the mentality we had in Pittsburgh, man. It was a brutal mentality, and it was us versus you at any means necessary. I love that. I love that. All right, let's get down to the actual game, man. We're going to have to ask you to make a pick here. Six-seed Tennessee at Kansas City. Who wins this game? I'm riding with Tennessee. I love okay. it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I All like right. it. Last question before we let you go. We ask this to every player that comes on the show. You've listened to our voices, three, you know, middle-aged white dudes just hitting here a little bit pudgy. <laughs> you used to uh, return kicks in your early years at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. So let's uh, have a hypothetical here. You get the ball on an open field on a kickoff. The three of us are coming at you. Do we have a chance at tackling you? <laughs> You ain't got a chance in hell. <laughs> That's a good bet. It's a good bet. <laughs> All right. Thank you for calling in, my friend. Happy to have you. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks a lot, Ike. Thank you very much. Left Coasters. Uh, and we are back now to break down the San Fran Green Bay game with help from a friend. We went from a two-time Super Bowl winner to a man who watched a few Super Bowls in his time, I guess. Couple. Drew. Drew, he's your buddy. You want to give a little intro for our new guest? Absolutely. So this is my great friend slash golfing buddy slash audition coach slash uh, fellow Michigan football fan that we like to torture ourselves year in and year out. But he has the luxury of cheering for a damn good uh, NFL team this Mm -hmm. year, the San Francisco 49ers. So I'd like to welcome to the show, he's got a great voice, Mr. Aaron Pont. Thank you, Mr. Pont. Thank you for having me, guys. Very excited. I'm excited too, um, my man. I'm bringing in a little fact, something you guys may not know. Uh, this really only the 49er faithful know about this. Ooh. But the 49ers could have drafted Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. Did you know this, Tony? <laughs> I heard that. I heard oh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I heard that. I just like to bring good facts. Okay. Yeah. Well, we are, you know, we are a gambling show. We do run off statistics. You're talking to Shea for the Sharp, so I'm going to store that one away for later. But, Aaron, just tell us your feeling, man. Um, obviously, you had some success during the Harbaugh days and then some um, very – some desert of uh, – just horrible. Tom yeah, Temsula. That wasn't very good. <laughs> he had a hilarious <laughs> face. Uh, and um, and now you're here, man. You're in the NFC Championship with the handsome Jimmy G and the monster George Kittle. What is your just general feeling, dude? Honestly, it's 
kind of luck. Although I really like our backup, Nick Mullins, backup quarterback. <laughs> we got Garoppolo somehow, some weird trade. And had he not hurt his knee last year, we don't get Bosa. Yep. And those two things, they're, I think, our two best players. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. So, and then obviously we're really well coached, and they bring in really good guys. It's a great locker room. So, when Akella Witherspoon got burnt for the touchdown against Minnesota, he got pulled for Emmanuel Mosley. And I don't know if you guys know, he then went to the special teams coordinator and asked for Mosley's snaps on special teams. Mm. So, he could put um, – Mosley could put all his energy on – defense that's selfless right there you love to hear that yeah. when you're a fan that's, of that's that like team. remember the titan shit right there. <laughs> just remember the titan yep. shit my yep. man aaron before we get into the actual game i want to know a little bit about your fan faithful all the fans we've had call in we've asked them about how they first became a fan how long they became a fan do you have any childhood stories about your 49ers um i grew up lifelong 49er fan i was also a new england patriot fan huh. it was a weird thing because daryl stingley who's a patriot broke his neck in oakland and my father was his neurosurgeon Huh. So the old Sullivan family that owned the Patriots were wonderful with us, and we met all the great old Patriots. And But I was always a religious Niner fan. But when I went to school back east and I met New York Giants fans, that's when I really became a 49er fan. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they were so – Jerry Rice fucking sucks. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Crutzen. And be like, no, Jerry Rice doesn't suck. But um, uh, so, and uh, we've had some good years, uh, and we've had some bad years, you know. But yep. we're a strong, proud franchise. Well, you're, you're, you've been a thorn in my Green Bay side. I am the Packer fan here for a long, long time. Back to when Jerry Rice, the year before they had instant replay, fumbled the ball before Terrell Owens caught it in the end zone from uh, from your boy Steve Young. Still pains me to this day uh, that that existed. I don't know existed. if he fumbled that. I thought he got that. Yeah. He, he fumbled he, that he ball. He may not have been down yet. He fumbled that <laughs> ball. But, again, San Fran's been a thorn in my side, and it, you've already beaten us this regular season. You beat us by a boatload. Aaron Rodgers couldn't do anything. Obviously, it's been two months since then. The Packers haven't lost a game since then. They're coming in hot, but they win these games ugly. Are you worried that uh, Green Bay might be able to chop it up a little bit and try to make this game in their favor, time of possession, try to make you guys make mistakes? Or do you think San Fran has the power to do it again just like they did in the regular season? So I'm actually throwing out the regular season game. As you should. I don't care about it. I don't see, and I'm really not trying to be a homer, I don't see what you guys can do to beat us. Well, We outcoach you. We outplay you. We're more physical. We have better schemes. You guys have two great players, three great players, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and obviously Rodgers. And you're not going to be able. I don't. I don't see how Green Bay can run the ball. You, you don't think there's any chance whatsoever that you just that that the defense, the secondary in in San Fran just gets just gets Rogers in some in some way. I mean, the dude, you know, he can, oh, oh. he can huck it. I mean, I'm just saying, like, that, yeah, there's a way it's going to happen. You know, I feel like well, that's we don't it. have to blitz to get home. And I think what everyone's really missing when we played you guys the first time, oh, I'm not a you were fan. without Joe Staley, <laughs> D Ford. And Quan Alexander. Yep. And now D Ford brings all that speed. And, you know, we had one sack each week for like the last eight games. 
And then last week we had six sacks because D Ford is back. Now turning it around, Jimmy Garoppolo on his side, he got to do whatever he wanted in that regular season game. But this defense in Green Bay has stepped up. The two Smiths made – I mean, come on. They, they, they took – they're Russell great. Wilson and took him down. And Russell Wilson had to do whatever he could to keep them in that game. Now, does that side of the ball worry you at all? Because Jimmy G, to me, looked a little bit nervous in those first few throws in San Fran. It's even more pressure in the championship game. Do you think Jimmy G and that offense make some mistakes, or do you think they run train like normal? So, I know you guys like to gamble, and the bet is uh, half an interception over-under yep. for Jimmy G, and I think it's over. He makes He does make a bad a bad throw a game. It's inexcusable. Yep. Um, he's gotten better about fumbling the ball, knock on wood. Um, so, yeah, your defense is really good. But I, I think, you know, last week we abandoned the pass because we didn't have to. Yeah. And so I think he's better once he turns the ball over statistically. <laughs> and I think Shanahan really adapts to what the defense gives us. And if, he can throw we're gonna throw yeah Shanahan's great Shanahan scares the shit out of me in this game he is so much smarter than anyone I have I mean I hate Mike Pettin as a defensive coordinator and Shanahan gives mm -hmm. me the willies he's a scary he's a scary play caller well I think they don't like each other apparently no, no they do not on the days in Cleveland I think the one thing uh that the 49ers won't be able to do like they did against the Vikings We've seen plenty of Michigan football together, Pont, is, you know, the Vikings' defensive line looked like they were on roller skates last week. Totally. Yep. Dalvin Cook just was completely taken out of the game. Now, Jones, in their first matchup, didn't do much, and Rodgers statistically had literally his worst performance of his career. Yep. Went 20 for 33, 104 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. And 0 for 13 on third down. Yep. That doesn't even seem possible. So clearly there's going to be some, uh, you know, regression to the to the mean there. There's no way he's going to duplicate um, that performance. However, I think the X factor in this game is your boy and all of San Francisco's boy, Mr. George Kittle, who obviously was kind of quiet last week, but we saw the impact Kelsey could have on a team. The Packers, uh, the Packers have been, you know, problematic against tight ends all year. I just think Kittle gets out and has a monster game. As a 49ers fan, what is your feeling on your boy GK? So I think last week, did he have three catches? So yeah, yeah. almost not used at all. Um, I, he's the heart and soul of the offense. Like the offense doesn't move without him. And I think he's going to have a big game. I, I think we ran so much last week that that's all anyone's talking about, and we're going to come out passing. I mean, he makes such an impact in the run game, though, too. I mean, you talk oh, about yeah. – I read you read yeah, about how – you, you read it – well, as a blocker, you read about how he asks for offensive play calls. To, you know, to be, I saw a video of him on YouTube, um, you know, today, actually. I was watching him. You know, he's pushing a guy – pushing, like, Everson Griffin around, going, I'm giving out rides all day long. Like, this <laughs> dude loves to block. And Debo Samuel, don't sleep on him. A reverse. I also think we haven't seen a lot of our offense. Because they went a lot of vanilla schemes. We didn't have to play a lot against the Vikings as far as schemes. Yeah. We were really vanilla. Only the last Seahawk game did we see a lot of plays. And Jimmy G was great. And I love that that game was actually a practice playoff game, <laughs> which you don't really get that often. Yeah, definitely. It, it was. It's one of those games where even though the score wasn't necessarily a blowout, they just had complete control the entire game, never really were in threat to lose it. So that that does go for you. We always like the to tell one inch 
Yeah, yeah. We always like to ask people, because uh, we're fanatics, as you know, what's your plan for Sunday, my friend? Well, I thought I cursed my team because I got a new shirt and hat about <laughs> three weeks ago. And so I was fully expecting to lose every game. But we're 2-0 and with me wearing those. So uh, I'm going to get up and watch the first game and then start drinking and watch my game in my apartment. Just I can't go out. I can't watch with people. I feel you. I feel you. I was out last week for my birthday to watch the Seahawks-Packers game, and I think the waitress thought I was a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. not not a good experience. This week will be a little bit different. I'm happy to be there, man. The two-seed Green Bay Packers with a first-year head coach. I'm happy to be there. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. Before we get down to you making a pick and maybe making a gamble on this game, we've talked about the game sort of overview. Pinpoint the key matchup for this game. Who versus who, and why is that going to decide who wins? I think it's our front four, front seven, stopping Aaron Jones. And once we take the, your runaway and force Rodgers to throw, which is as scary as that sounds, forcing Aaron Rodgers to throw, and our defense can just tee off, I think that's really where it's going to be. That's fair. It's going to be interesting. That's it's fair. Be interesting. For as good as Devontae Adams is, and he's damn good, the other receiving corps is just embarrassing right now for They're the Packers. There's no one. And Jimmy Graham, I know, had a really nice game against the Seahawks, but he... we're number one in the league at shutting down tight ends. Tony, oh, yeah. Tony tight said end Jimmy stick. Graham is a walking plague. Uh, yeah, well. he, he's he's not not a fan of of the veteran tight end. I, I'm not. I, I'm, he played a hell of a game against his old team, the Seahawks. I'm just not a fan of how much money we pay him to get three catches a game. But hey, <laughs> they, he made yeah. those catches important. But you he guys did. are right. Your linebackers are so much better than Jimmy Graham. You're going to be taking him out of the game. I know as a Green Bay faithful, Devontae Adams is going to show up. He always does. But he's let's gonna, make a bet on this great. game, my man. You got you got all the money in the world to spend in this game. You want to take any side on this, any over or anything in the AFC Championship yeah. game? Because we're trying to make our listeners money. I wanted a couple things. Just one stat I heard that I thought was really interesting. Last you already week, told us Aaron Rodgers could have been drafted by the Niners. <laughs> yeah. This one's actual factual. Uh, the Niners had 46 defensive snaps last week. The starters played about 35 of them. Green Bay had 64, and yep. the starters played most of them. Yep. Interesting. So I'm just curious if you guys are tired. So here's what I like gambling. I like Aaron Jones under 64 and a half. Wow. Ooh, a prop. I like it. I like Jimmy G over 1.5 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And I love us. Minus seven and a half, 49ers. Minus and he's given the hook. Rodgers only been a touchdown underdog two times in his career. He's covered both of those times. This comes from a man that is confident in his team. I like it, buddy. I like it. Hey, I'm confident But they've too, not baby. had two good trips out west. That's nope. true. That's nope. true. And he does not like playing in the stadium. I will say, you gonna? Uh, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your fandom NFC Championship game. It's the final four, man. We have a hell of a game to come up. The Left Coast Gamblers are going to be uh, breaking down the three game, the two games next. Only way we know how. But thank you, Aaron, for calling in. I'm happy to have you here, my man. Thank you, guys. Big fan of the show, and I appreciate it. Thank you for appreciate listening. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right. Good luck, everyone. Bye-bye. Take Bye. care. Left Coasters. All right, boys, it's time for us to break down these games. It's time for us to make our bets. It's time for us to make our listeners money. So far in the playoffs, Drew had the best week last week going 4-1 and one with his bets. 4-1. and one. Yes, sir. Good week for you. 2-3 and three for me and Diggity. Drew leading the overall contest right now with six wins under his belt. We'll be making two bets on the games, or I should say one bet for each game and then a teaser at the end of it, three bets in total, and then we'll break down the fantasy challenge that Drew is also kicking our asses in. It's 
tough. Dangles and I have <laughs> almost no shot of winning no, that one. Probably, the good news is I have Patrick Mahomes on double points this week and Derek Henry times three. I yeah. went and looked at my roster uh, to to make updates, cross off the guys that uh, uh, that are out, and put uh, t- multipliers next to the guys that are still in. And let's just say there are a lot of struck through names. Trouble. Trouble. <laughs> Trouble indeed. But let's start breaking down these games. I want to start off with the AFC Championship game. It's the first game of the week, and we got to make our picks in a two versus six matchup. Dangles, what do we got on Sunday afternoon? Oh boy, Sunday afternoon. Let's get it started, gentlemen. It's the AFC Championship game. The hottest team in the NFL, the Tennessee Titans, led by the king himself, Derek Henry. Head to Arrowhead. It's going to be cold. It's going to be loud. The football is going to be like kicking a cinder block. It's going to be fun to watch at 12.05 p.m. Pacific time, 3.05 if you are on the other coast. Titans, Chiefs for the right to go to Miami. Woo! Woo! What's the line in this game, Drew? Uh, we have the Kansas City Chiefs minus seven and a half and a total 53. Okay, okay. Interesting game. Big spread. Seven and a half spreads in both of these games. I yes. think they're going to be closer than the that spreads are. hook. I'm man. excited for it, man. I'm excited for this game. King Henry, man. We talked about it with Ike. King Henry, he picks the Titans to win this game straight up. It's going to be interesting. Can they stop Derrick Henry? He has n- What Derrick Henry has done these past three games has never been done in the history of the NFL. Let no. me say that again. It has never been done in the history of the NFL. And it's not like the first time they, you know, did a new running league, this NFL, where these running stats have never been, you know, their balloon compared to eras of the past. They've been running the ball since they invented the game, and Derrick Henry is doing stuff never seen before. How do you stop him? That's a great question, Tony. Nobody's been able to figure it out so far. The Ravens couldn't figure it out. The Patriots couldn't figure it out. This guy's been running over every single person he's played against. And, hey, uh, Chris Jones, questionable to play this game. He's, you know, arguably your biggest guy. He's a pass rusher, but he's still a huge body up the middle. Um, He can play, you know, a couple different positions on that defensive line, and there's no guarantee that he's going to be in this game. So already you're you're missing, uh, you know, a big piece uh, of that defense. It's it's going to be difficult to bring him down, but I think that's the name of the game. Aaron Ro- or, um, Ryan Tannehill has totaled 160 yards passing in yep. his last couple of games. Now, he hadn't needed, hadn't needed to do much because Derrick Henry's done most for him, but, I mean, if they can shut down Derrick Henry and stop him from getting past the line of scrimmage, once he's past the line of scrimmage, all bets are off. If you can tackle him behind the line of scrimmage, get tackles for lost, I think that, that will help them in the long run. And then it's going to be on Ryan Tannehill uh, to win it with his arm, and I'm not sure that he can put up the numbers that he's going to need to beat this Chiefs offense. Titans, guys, Road Warriors, courtesy of our friend R.J. Bell, only the third team in 20 years to play four straight road games, with the last three being the uh, playoff games. Mm-hmm. Um, last two teams to do it, the 2014 49ers, the 2006 Panthers, both were unsuccessful in covering the spread. Ooh, good stat. Good stat out of you. King Henry, though, I do want I do. What a monster. When it comes down to running backs, they always talk about the tread on the tires, okay? He's a young guy, but at the end of the season, you start to get tired. Stuff starts to wear on you. So how do you make it so your best player on your team is healthy for the playoffs? you got to use them to get the wins in the regular season to get to the playoffs. Yeah. But how do you make it so you have a fresh and healthy running back in the postseason? This is what Mike Vrabel did this season. It boggled my mind when I was trying to look up these stats. In the first six games, 
Derrick Henry only went over 20 carries once. Mm-hmm. And on the season, the first 15 games, he only went over 20 carries five times out of those 15 games. The last three games, his carries were 32, 34, and 30. Mm. So when you look at those carries at the beginning of the season, you might say, hey, it's first and 10 in a week five game against Oakland. Why isn't Derrick Henry getting this ball? They are saving him, tread on the tires, so they can give him the ball over 30 times in those three playoff games. And he's averaged at worst. That New England game was his worst average, and that was still 5.35 yards a carry in that game. Unbelievable what they're doing. I think they got to hand the rock to him at least 30 times again to win this game. The question is, Tennessee scores on 10-minute drives. Yes. Kansas City scores on two-minute drives. That's going to be the question of the game. Can they keep up with red-hot Pat Mahomes? I don't know. Well, obviously we saw what happened on Sunday. Um and the Chiefs, man, you know, we don't have to talk about the, the Texans' utter collapse and Bill oh, O'Brien and all what that an stuff. Idiot. But still, it, it, it was watching – it just was like watching like a bad high school football game when, you know, the, the defense just had zero chance of stopping the offense. And this is the NFL playoffs, guys. Like, that was insane. Obviously, Kelsey, a monster. Damien Williams, I think, really underrated. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's awesome. Um, and they have speed on the outside with obviously Tyreek Hill and, and Hardman. So I'm really curious this week to look at the start of how Kansas City is going to play. Mm. Clearly, you think they'd be on high alert, being down 24 nothing, coming off a bye. Yep. I would think, I would think they will be uh, playing at their optimum level to start this game. And like you said, Tony, with the ground and pound attack of the Titans. Um, I'm curious to see how this game is going to start because I think we know how it's going to end. It's going to end with Derrick Henry getting the ball. Well, well yeah. you mentioned them going up by you know, the, uh, or rather the Texans going up by a lot on the Chiefs. Um, I don't think that things are going to shake out the same way if that happens again in this game. Tennessee is not a team if they can get out 20, which I can absolutely see Derrick Henry just running roughshod over that defense in the first half if they aren't ready for him. You go up, uh, you go down 24 to nothing against the the Chiefs. This Titans defense is good enough to keep you out of the game whereas I don't think the Texans' defense was or is good enough to keep a team like that out of the game. And this is, again, we talked about it with Ike. We talked about it. We've talked about it before. Nobody wants to play this team right now, and I think that has to contribute to it, too. Like, psychologically, you you hear the coach speak. You hear the the guys in the locker room. But somehow, on a mental level, you have to be thinking about going into this, that between Henry and, and Tannehill and the way that defense has been playing, they're, they're, you know, there's a boogeyman sort of thing with these guys right what now. Did, what did Ike say? Stopping and I know the, something about boogeyman. <laughs> what did Ike say? Uh, stopping the run is a need to and getting to the quarterbacks a want to. Yep. Yeah. That was awesome because, again, that's just willpower and competitiveness. Yep. And, like, we've talked about this show numerous times. You got 6'3", 240 running downhill uh, at you. That's a hell of a load. Scary, especially in the hell fourth quarter after you've been beaten up and bruised by him for three straight quarters. It's going to be interesting to see tired. how it plays out. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see how it plays out. Let's make our bets in this game before we move on to my Packers in the NFC Championship game. I will say, though, what impressed me the most last week about that Kansas City team is the crowd. Because if you watch that Tennessee-Baltimore game, Baltimore had chances to come back and win that game, and that crowd was dead. That crowd was gone. That crowd was a piece of shit. Sorry, Mrs. Crookston. It was an awful I – w- I would be so ashamed if I was a Baltimore Ravens fan hearing the crickets in that stadium when Lamar Jackson and the team needed you. Arrowhead never gave up. Never gave up. 
even when they were down 24 nothing, that Arrowhead team was cheering for every first down, every catch, every play. I am rooting for this Kansas City Chief team. I think they win this game. I've bet against the Titans all playoffs, and I'm going to do it again. I'm taking Kansas City minus 7.5. I think Pat Mahomes scored too many points. I think Ryan Tannehill, as good as he's played, he's not going to be able to do enough. Derrick Henry will not have the opportunity to take those 10-minute drives. Kansas City wins minus 7.5. That's my pick. Dangles. Uh, I uh, my my bet for this game is uh, the Tennessee Titans to score over two and a half touchdowns. I think that's an easy bet. I think it's uh, Derrick Henry can do that by himself. That should hit no problem. Tannehill, for all the, the few yards that he's thrown, has been efficient in the red zone. He's been throwing touchdowns. The way this team has been playing, I am more than confident that two and a half touchdowns is an easy bar for this Tennessee Titans team to hit. Okay, I like it. It's off uh, the board, but I like it. Drew, <laughs> yeah. what do you got? It's plus that, money. Tony, listen, I like that bet. I, I came here actually. You like pre- the Kansas City bet? Minus seven and a half. I came here prepared to back up the Brinks track. I'm not gonna lie. My new friend Ike Taylor. What an interview. Uh-huh. He kind of scared me off. Uh-huh. He kind of he kind of he kind of eh, gave me a little wishy washy. Yep. So I'm gonna do what I did last week that didn't work out for me because we got <laughs> down 24 nothing on the side. Yeah. I am going to bet Kansas City minus four in the first half. Interesting. Before the Henry train starts to take. Uh, it's hold in the second half. Interesting. I just believe, given their terrible start last week, I think they are going to be very focused with yep. a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and I think they come out hot. And Tennessee, again, they they kind of they kind of silenced in, in, in New England, and and they took the crowd right, right away. At Baltimore. Yep. I think Airheads going to be pumping. I like Kansas City minus four in the first half. I don't know if I agree with that, Dangle. If I can uh, if I can offer an auxiliary bet, I just saw this now, and I think it's awesome. Longest touchdown yardage in the game over forty three and a half yards. That's money in the bank. Oh, that's, that's a great one. Easy. That is easy. What's that off of? Uh, Odd Shark. Odd Shark. Odd Shark you- has minus one fifteen on uh, uh, over under forty three and a half. I take the over on that without question. Uh, yeah, you have so many players in Kansas City, and Derrick Henry's been shown to bust one too. I mean, the AJ Brown touchdown was an unbelievable strike yeah. by Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, forty-three and, and a half is not that long for That's either nice. of these two teams. Drew, I have to say, on your bet, man, I think it's the opposite. I think it's a close game in the first half, and Kansas City opens it up in the second half. But only time will tell. But let's move on now to the NFC Championship. My birthday week, the Packers did it. They gave me the best birthday present I could ask for—a victory against Seattle. I, I know this Packers team. You can you can listen to what I said about it last week, and I predicted everything correctly on that game. Not talking about gambles, but talking about how the game was going to be played. Green Bay had the best first half of football they've played all season. Went up 21-3. to Russell Wilson came back. Didn't matter to him. He made it a game at the end, and thankfully we got a sack. On, uh, Preston Smith, you're one of my favorite players on the team now. He got a great Beast. sack, great timing, and it was a great way to win that game now. It's San Fran. Dangles, what do we have for the NFC Championship? All right, here we go. Let's head uh, west to Santa Clara again, Levi Stadium. It's uh, the Green Bay Packers, 6-2 and two on the road this season. They uh, head to San Francisco to take on the 49ers, 6-2 and two at home. The last time these two teams met on Monday Night Football, the Niners absolutely walloped you guys with a kendo, 37-8. to eight in that game. Not good. You're going to have to come back out there. And Rodgers couldn't figure it out. Aaron Jones couldn't figure it out. The line on this game is seven and a half points in favor of the 49ers. Your total, gentlemen, I have 45. Interesting. Interesting. Green Bay. I mean, out of these four teams, I think Green Bay is the nation's four seed. Am I right? 
the yeah. way they're being treated. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would, I would think so. I, I think there are a lot of people who are probably down on the Titans, though, who think this is going to have to sputter out for them. But for all intents and purposes, I think we could say that. I haven't heard a lot of people down on these Titans. I've heard it that it's going to be a game, but San Fran seems to be the nation's pick to win this game. But it's Aaron Rodgers, man. I know he hasn't played his best football. He didn't even play extremely well in the Seattle game, but three huge third down plays on that final drive. The last one of Jimmy Graham. Rodgers gets it done, and I'm, I'm. Uh, uh, I am nervous, as always. I'm going to be nervous. You guys saw me firsthand watching that Seattle game, yeah. but I am happy to be here. This is a first-year head coach, and he's 14-3 and in the NFC Championship game. Nerves aside, I am very happy and confident about this game. I think they're going to show up. I don't think it's going to be the repeat of the regular season. Drew, what are you looking at in this matchup? Ooh, well, we talked to our friend Aaron Pont. Um, I'm just so curious about literally – I'm, I'm going to make it more psychological. The X's and O's, right? Aaron Rodgers – He's a son of a bitch. We know that. Competitive as hell. But I really think of all players, I think it fucking matters to him that the Niners passed it on. I mean, you talk to him draft day, it's, it's kind, of, kind of a funny joke at this point. I think it matters to him. And, Always. And you can say what you want about the playoffs, or sorry, the regular season matchup and him laying against the Chargers in California. He's going back to a California kid, going back to a team that he rooted for, right? Yep. As, as a kid. Yep. Um, and again, Played college up there, yeah, obviously. Yeah, like Cal you Berkeley know? and Chico, Juco, all that stuff. Man, I just, I, I think the matchup is just, if is Aaron Rodgers have something left in the tank where he can just will a team to win? Can he just, can he just take a team under his belt? That's clearly, I think we'd all agree. I mean, the line says so. They're inferior, yep. talent wise. Yep. Probably a little out coached based on just you know what we see from Shanahan yep. Lafleur. Um, I think we'll know quickly. I I, 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 do too. I I think we're going to know quickly if this is going to get out of hand or if they're overmatched or if Rodgers just has that dog in him similar to that iconic uh, Cowboys playoff win yep. he had. But but if you remember, after that iconic play, I'm sure you remember, after that iconic Cowboys win, what's he do? He gets destroyed in the NFC Championship to the Falcons. Yep. Um, I don't know. I it, 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 sounds, it sounds, again, a little vanilla. I think it's just Aaron Rodgers' ability to, to compete at the highest level and to get his team to lead his team into battle to if, if there's if there's a chance to if there's a chance for him to win the game in the fourth quarter I would not want to be San Francisco it's going to be interesting Dangles before I go what's your point on this game what's your key matchup you're looking at man uh I think you know it's obviously got to be George Kittle assuming he plays he didn't practice on uh Wednesday when we're recording this um obviously if you're going to go and make your bets uh and you're listening to this on the weekend be sure to check um not only the lines that have updated but injury reports to make sure you know who is playing uh and who is not um but you know how do you stop a guy who you know who who's built like a linebacker and runs like a wide receiver and of course we talked about his you know his impact in the run game whether they use him or not um you know, I think I think again. You know, you have to look at the defensive line for San Francisco. Getting after Aaron Rodgers is a big matchup, but more importantly, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, like you said, he has to will this team to a victory here. Yep. I don't think there's there's any doubt about that. Um, I will say though that you know um, there'll be a test for the Niners forty uh, the Niners offensive line against the Smith brothers, Preston and Zadarius, who are just absolute freaks of nature and have been torturing quarterbacks throughout this playoffs. They're good. Uh, they, they've been very good. The secondary's been very good. Kenny Clark's a little banged up. Hopefully he plays for you guys. But um, I, I, this is a coin toss game for me. I don't think it's as big of a margin between these two teams as a lot of people think.
Well, let me go first with our bets because it's kind of obvious where I'm going as a Packers fan, but I want to bring up three points. The first one being, you just mentioned it, the Smith brothers, Zadarius and Preston Smith, amazing free agent signings by this team that doesn't like to spend money in free agency. I couldn't be happy with the outcome because in the regular season, they both had two sacks against Seattle in the playoffs, but in the regular season, Zadarius had 12 and a half sacks, Preston Smith had 12 sacks. Together, that's 24 and a half. And together, in the history of the Green Bay Packers, that is the most sacks by any duo that they've ever had. So goodness gracious, that's good money spent. And they're going to continue to do it against Jimmy G because you watch that game against Seattle. They pressured Russell Wilson a lot, but Russell Wilson was magic. Making plays out of nowhere, escaping the pocket. Jimmy G cannot do that. The thing that's going to kill us, though, with Jimmy G is if you watch their game against Minnesota, and I thought Minnesota would take this away because they have the best coverage linebackers in the game and they have a hell of a safety in that middle of the field, too. But Jimmy G does not throw to the sidelines very well. They don't even look to the sidelines. Every one of their plays is either a dump off to the running back in the middle, deep middle, or right in the 10-yard line there with uh, George Kittle. Middle of the field is where they make their magic. And, guys... The weakness of my team is the middle of the field. Blake Martinez, great run stuffer, great tackler, is not good in coverage, and Tremont Williams is our slot corner right so all now. All your linebackers are pass rushers. You don't really have any of those guys who can drop back in zone. Tremont Williams is not able to keep up with the speed that uh, San Fran has in that middle of the field. I am very worried about Jimmy G making those quick throws over the middle, so we need Zadarius and Preston to get pressure on him and take that away. I'm worried that that key matchup will not go in my favor. But what gives me hope, in the history of Aaron Rodgers versus Richard Sherman, in the history of that matchup, Aaron Rodgers has never tested Richard Sherman. And usually quarterbacks don't. They usually stay away from his side of the field. They usually throw away from him. He usually covers the best receiver, blankets him, takes him out of the game. Richard Sherman has not lost a step either. He's playing great football right now. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, and it's always pissed me off that he hasn't done this, I'm Aaron Rodgers. We know Aaron to be an egotistical maniac. He thinks he's the best arm to ever play football. I would test Richard Sherman early and often because I think my arm can beat him, and I want to see that on Sunday. I think you have to get Devontae Adams going. He's the best player on your squad. He's going to be covered by Richard Sherman. I think Aaron needs to test him and beat him often. Interested to see if they attack him and, and when they do. Sherm's not a guy you're going to beat by outthinking him, not out, at all. Out, out chessing him. He is a dude who he's not the fastest guy on the field, but he can he can play you press, he can play you in man, he can play zone with the best of them. It's really going to be a, someone like an athletically thing, like Devonte Adams, and you need to talk about him stepping up a lot of the time. This is going to be where he's going to have to show up. We talked to or we talked about Chad Johnson crying at his footwork at yep. the beginning of this season, right? Yep. He's going to have to have a tear inducing for Chad Ochocinco matchup in order to beat. Sherman this Excited. one that's that's what it's going to have to come down Excited. to you're not going to beat this guy by out chessing him you have to out physical him you have to be faster bigger and stronger we're, so that he just physically can't cover you we're not going to win this game throwing to Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez Scantling we're not we need Devontae Adams and we need to attack Richard Sherman going to be a hell of a game guys I know I'm going Green Bay plus seven and a half I've been riding them all year and they've been making me money and they've been making you money listening to this show Dangles my friend where are you going on this game? You know, I was actually looking at the total, and I think I kind of like the total in this game. I'm going to go with the over 45 in wow. this game. The last time these two teams played, the point total was 45. Oh. So I'm going to go Green ahead. Bay didn't show up. And Green Bay didn't show up. I'm going to bet that they do show up this time around. Not to say that San Fran won't, but I think there are a lot of points in this game. Um, and since I had an auxiliary bet last time, I'm going to do one again. Aaron Jones to score, period, is plus 115. He's been a touchdown machine this year. I'm absolutely betting they, they that. I need to get him going to win. Drew, what do you got for this Dangles, game, my man? Dangles, what do you have the total at? 45. I have it at 45 and a half. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because I'm going to crossfire here with you, Dangles. 
Um, I also like the total. I'm going to go under the total Ooh. here at 45 and a half for the simple reason of this. I'll take it at 45 and a half too. That's fine. Um, yeah, I just it, for the sake of the, the for the sake of betting, very, we should be on the same line. Very good, very good, very good. Um, <laughs> the half point matters. Trust me, because um, 24-21 yeah. is a pretty common absolutely uh, does common outcome. But this is my thinking, similar to my handicap of the Ravens Titans game that went under. I do think San Francisco long drives. Green Bay, not necessarily the, 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 the most quick strike offense in the world. I think Rodgers knows the best defense that he has is going to be when the ball is in his hands and not want to give that ball back. I think there's a lot of third and shorts. I think there's a lot of conversions. I just think it's ball control, ball control, ball control. Yeah. That clock's winding. So give me the under 45 and a half. I, I'm leaning under as well, Dangle. Sorry to say that. For my teaser... For my teaser, I didn't want to go too crazy with this. I feel really confident in my pick, so I'm just taking them again, uh, taking a two-team, six-and-a-half teaser. Kansas City down to minus one. Green Bay up to plus 14. That's my teaser for the week. Haven't hit one yet. Hopefully I hit this one because if Green Bay loses by more than 14, I might not show up next week. Uh, Drew, what do you got for your teaser? Tony, say yours again, please. KC minus one, Green Bay plus 14. <laughs> I, I think that means he agrees with me. The scissor lift. Could you even think? That Schaefer the Sharp and Tony Squares have the same teaser. I could not. <laughs> we do. Uh, simple, simple math here for me, guys. I know for the sake of the contest, we have to do six and a half. I would almost be tempted to buy it at minus 130 to get that extra half at 14 yep. and a half minus 0.5. I think that might be a little better play. Yep. Here's my thinking, guys. I just don't think, especially the last time since Aaron Rodgers played in an NFC Championship game and he got embarrassed and got blown out and he's yep. kind of in the twilight of his career, I just don't think he's going to get embarrassed by a team that passed him to, to not be the number one pick. Now, I just don't see the Packers winning. That 7.5 is a tough number for me. It's really tough. That's why I didn't pick a side. Yeah. I just don't think he's going to get embarrassed. And my Kansas City Chiefs, so I have a plus 450 ticket for the AFC champs before the year started, baby. Great pick. They are going to the Super Bowl. No doubt. King Henry, he's going to take a bow at the throne <laughs> on Sunday, boys. I just think his body has got to break down. I mean, I know he's an avatar. I know he's a freak. But I think Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl, and I just do not think Aaron Rodgers is getting blown out. Back up the Brinks truck. That is Shea for the Sharps' best bet, 2-0 in the playoffs, baby. That's the return of Rodgers and a regicide by Kansas City. Dangles, what do you got? <laughs> All right, guys, my teaser this weekend is uh, I haven't been winning these either, so I'm just going to throw darts at a board here. I've got Tennessee plus 14 and San Fran minus 1. So you're going the uh, opposite go. of us. I am going the opposite of you guys. I think Tennessee definitely covers that spread. I don't know if they're going to win, but I think it's gonna. that game's closer than people think. And same thing with the San Fran game. They think they ultimately eke it out, but it's a close one. Well, here's Screw the beauty you, of that, guys. No, here's the beauty of that, guys. Only with a, with a two-game slate and a two-team teaser, all of us can be winners. Let's hope that doesn't happen because <laughs> I want Green Bay in the Super Bowl. If Green Bay makes this, I'm not that's, even going to talk that, about it. That's true. That's I'm true. not even going to talk about it. That's it. Those, that's us breaking down these games. Before we go, we have to recap the fantasy challenge, and uh, we still get to draft one more player for the final Woo! run here. Drew killing it. Drew absolutely killing it. He has almost 300 points, 293.08. Helps when you have Derrick Henry and Tyler Lockett going crazy. Uh, Dangles has a hundred. Mahomes only had 48 last time. 196.7, and I'm far behind with 160.52. Players remaining. Drew has Mahomes. Mahomes at two times the points. He also has Raheem Mostert finally getting a two times number, and Derrick Henry getting a triple 
three times number. I have Devontae Adams, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey getting two times numbers. Dangles has Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill, and the 49ers defense getting double the points. Same thing as last time. You get to take a free agent of a team you don't already have. That means Drew's going to be taking a Packer right now. Dangles and I will be taking Titans. Dangles will be going before I do. Drew, who do you got? Uh, well, I'm assuming I can't take a quarterback because I already have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, thanks, how, dickhead. <laughs> how, how ironic would it be if I tried taking Aaron Rodgers? And, uh, of course, because uh, Devontae uh, is off the board, as is Aaron Jones. Yep. Um, I want to ta- take my boy Lazard. Alan Lazard. Yeah, yeah. Alan Lazard. I'm not going to need it anyway, but I'll, I'll take my boy that. Alan not Lazard. not going to need it anyway. I'm so far ahead. Jamal, Willi- right, Jamal right, Williams right, right. averages about the same number of snaps as Aaron Jones, and he gets goal and pass opportunities. We were so. together at I, the bar. He got two carries last week, bro. He's not Talk about carries. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think either of you were choosing the right person. I think the player to get fantasy-wise in this game that hasn't already been taken is our kicker. I think it's going to be a field goal game, and the under is going to hit. Dangles, what's your pick? Uh, i got to go with Ryan Tannehill. I need a quarterback. Got to take them. Oh, my hands are in the air. There you go. My hands are in the air. You can have A.J. Brown. I'm taking the only threat that they have. Is A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, Brown, come to me. Not that you're going to do too much. Ryan Tannehill hasn't thrown for over 160 yards in the two games he's played, but give me A.J. Brown. I'm banking on him throwing some short touchdowns, maybe running one in. Like, that's going to happen. Tony, I have a grievance. I have a grievance. What do you have, buddy? Um, As you know, I'm running multiple leagues uh, of this same game that you invented, but my rules... My game. Yep. Ten players, no kicker defense. Yeah, you're an idiot. Keep going. Can I have a kicker? Can you have a kicker? Yeah, because I didn't know. I, I just blanked on the kicker. Of course I want the kicker. You're not getting the kicker. You fair, drafted fair Alan enough. Lazard. Fair enough. You're fair stuck enough. with Alan Lazard. That's fair, on you. I mean, I enough. think Lazard can actually make plays. He's a deep threat. But again, it's your, it's your own uh, damn fault. No, I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you. I was just asking. That's and fine. let's I'm only up end it. There. The Brotherhood, as Ike Taylor said, of the Left Coast Gamblers had a hell of a conference championship show. We'll be back with a Super Bowl show. We haven't decided exactly how we're going to segment the Super Bowl show. We're going to have call-in guests. We're going to have in-studio guests. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be exciting. And hopefully, oh, hopefully my Green Bay Packers are playing next week. But again, guys, I cannot be happy to have a team in the NFC Championship. It's it's Kalu Kalei, baby. I can't wait. Dangles, you got anything to say before we head on out? I'd love to hit my teaser this weekend for the first time in like ever. That'd be great. I think I went cold after the end of the season on all those hot parlay bets. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Drew? Go Tigers. Go Go Tigers. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.